Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This song sucks. You agree? He knows that you like a variety of music. So do I, but it's not this. This is Kabali music. Yeah, you what is know? this? I, I don't know. It's just it's what just kind of music? It's like, like is, is that like uh, Gen Z, Millennial? Light 'em up the song. Two thousand. It, it, it's it, Fallout Boy, right? It sucks. Yeah, Fall it Out sucks. Boy. Of course, Kale likes it because that's something that Kale would like, right? <laughs> sounds like it's a good song. It in, sounds in like something Kale or Kabali. Kale Kabali was into heavy metal. As I said the other day, Kale's the anti-Riz. Who's Kale? Oh, Kale Burger. Kale Burger, yes. Uh, why am I catching strays here? I'm trying to help Who's them Riz? out. Who's Riz? Who's Riz? You, you don't know what Riz is? No. What are you talking Kale, about? Kale, explain to him what Riz is, right? Here he comes. Here he comes here to he explain comes. it. I, I had it explained to me. So Riz is a term that's used nowadays by the younger generation. It's basically, do you have game with the ladies? Do you have Riz? Right. Do you have charisma? That's what I said. He's the anti-Riz. <laughs> oh, him or? Kale. Or uh, City Limits. City Limits. I don't know. Is he a lady killer? Uh, do you got Riz, Austin? If so, kind of slightly. Oh, here we oh, go. Oh, slightly. I think he does. I oh. told him he is the uh, the Jim <laughs> Carrey Ace Ventura haircut. That's Look at right. That. Look at that haircut in there. I think we used to call that a bouffant back in the day. That's a hell of a head of hair <laughs> on this guy. Best flow in the building, maybe. Uh, yeah. So I thought I was getting attacked on my genitals by a spider right before the show. Where? I was in with the boss and Crowley and Dickerson, and then I was coming to see you, and suddenly I felt something, and it really felt like I was being bitten. So I went back in the office, shut the door, and pulled down my pants. To make sure that nothing was wrong. Yeah. I panicked. That's not good. No, but I'm good. It was nothing. It was just a scare. False alarm. <laughs> the real question uh, uh, is. Wait, this happened in the office of your uh, of the boss? Five minutes ago, it happened. I would have sworn I was getting attacked by some sort of spider. But the real question is, how are you? Um, I'm good, man. I'm feeling better. I, I'm actually... I got up a little bit yesterday and moved around, right? Just one day at a time. You try and feel a little stronger, a little better, and I'm getting there. Paul I, had a medical scare last Friday. Yeah. Spent some time in the hospital, but seems to be back on. You seem a little more lively. Yeah, I have. Just I, your I, general I, appearance seems I, more Zeiss-like. Excuse God me. I have. You. That was a, um allergy type thing. I, I, when I come in this, this studio, I'm always amazed by the number of things floating around in the air. That seemed to cause me to sneeze for the first couple of minutes of the show. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do feel I feel a lot better than I did yesterday. So, hopefully, 
another good night's sleep. To, you know, tonight, maybe tomorrow I'll be able to, you know, start really getting back after and exercising a little bit and everything else. That's Paul Zeiss. He's in for the entire day, for the entire week, I might add. I've forgotten if I told Kabali to come in for the whole hour at noon or at 1230, so we'll find out which, <laughs> I suppose. I didn't feel like texting him. Uh, it's the J.P. Roofing rundown off the top. What's happening on today's show? We have the general. We have Kabali. We may uh, we may contact the Noah Constrictor. Can we do that, Noah Hiles, to talk about that. Pitt's loss last the night? Noah Constrictor. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, I love. Wait, that. does he still? Who? Wait, he's yeah, not even covering he, Pitt. He, he was there last night covering. Oh, Pitt. he was. Yes, Apparently, he was there. He was well, he there. Went from, I thought he was the new pirate, right? He is, but he's. I mean, they have some trips that he's got to cover still for Pitt to get to the, the end of the season. I want to go on a trip. I haven't been on a road trip in a while. I know, neither have I. That'd it's be been fun. a long, long time. Well, we got to start with the Penguins. In fact, I thought City Limits was going to open the show with the Penguins winning goal. He said he got my text this morning. Apparently not. We're 0 for 2 with City Limits, aren't we, Paul? I have the goal. It's too late for the goal. Do you know him, Paul? City Limits? I know him, yes. Yeah, you like him? Yeah, he's good. He's a good man. Yeah, I like kind him, too. Yes. He's uh, kind of. Yes. He's a good of. man, right? Sometimes. He's are, conscientious. Are you, a when, are you a Baldwin Highlander? Is Who that? won that Hell game yeah, last night? Uh, because I, I see people on the text line giving you congratulations for your Baldwin Highlanders getting to the is, – is this the first time they've been to the Whitfield final or the first time? First time the, since 1985. It's the second time ever. They've never won it. There you go. So, I don't know how Gormy the Owl didn't go to the finals when he was there. Wasn't Kevin Gorman a Baldwin basketball yeah, player? I think he was a Baldwin. He was a Baldwin. He, he was, was a Baldwin, Baldwin guy, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he was a basketball player. We could ask him, though. I'm Who sure. won? Baldwin won by two against Mount Lebanon. 54-52. Packed house? Jam-packed. I almost went. I almost went just to watch you at work. Joe, it was incredible. I mean, the the crazy thing about it is, too, like 45 minutes before the game, Baldwin probably had about 150 students already at the game, and Mount Lebanon had about two. 45 minutes before the game. I mean, people were just so ready, so excited for this. Is it, is it, I, I read this is the first – your, uh, your first win was the first one in like 21 years? 21 years. None of the players were born the last time Baldwin won a playoff game. Wow. And they won the first-round game against North Allegheny at home. And then to beat Matt Lebanon, a team that beat us twice. So where do they play the final? Peterson Event Center, Saturday wow. night at 7. Final game of the slate. You know, you know, you want to know one – you brought up North Allegheny. You want to know one factoid that's incredible? Hmm. Every sport at North Allegheny has hung a Whippeal banner except for one. What? Guess. Boys basketball? Boys basketball. Really? It's, it's one of the most incredible. And in, in fact, I mean, until my daughter arrived, boys and girls basketball. I remember when I was so, coaching in, in the early 90s. But now they, the, the girls have won like six out of the last eight or something crazy like that. Of course. So they're in it again this year. North Allegheny. They're in it like- again, but Norwin's, Norwin's favored and everything. But my point is. Uh, the boys, if you think about it, the sport that you would think a school like North Allegheny that, it, you know, at its height had like 950, 1,000 kids in a class. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the, the sport you'd think they'd one time they'd, by accident, have figured it out. They didn't. They haven't. Right. Yeah, and I'm, it was great being able to call it, being the play-by-play guy for Baldwin. you got to clip some of your calls and I have them in. You have the call? I have the final call. I can pull it up right now. Why I don't just tweet you? it out. Right, we were going to do the Penguins winning goal, and we will in just a second. But, yeah, the University of North Allegheny. I mean, I coached girls basketball in Butler in the early 90s, 
And it felt like every game was against one of North Allegheny's auxiliary schools. Like, <laughs> oh, we're playing North Allegheny's team? How many teams do they have? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was it. that's the other thing that you would think would be an edge is they have three middle schools, and they're one of the few schools left yeah that actually has three middle school teams a lot of a lot of you know schools they don't have enough numbers yeah so they, even if they have two middle schools or three they only have one middle school team so like you know my son my son's played at carson middle school right carson ingemars and marshall and marshall half our schedule was yeah. against north allegheny well, team. Th- that was the thing like we would play ingemar and then we play marshall but then we would play like shaler yeah we would play like shaler but it would be Shaler only had one team, you know. Yeah, of course. That, that every other middle school around only had one team. We had three. They should have had a North Allegheny division. They all play <laughs> each other, and whoever survives. It seems like it. What are you going to play here, Joe? Would you like the twenty second just the call, or would you like the full one minute clip? One minute. I mean, this guy. That's we got to give him some airtime. This is this is Mount Lebanon, this Baldwin. Is- Yes, it is. Now, are you a homer type of announcer? You're you're openly rooting for Baldwin on the air, or well, what's going on here? Yeah, we talked I, about this yesterday with Sean. Don't call me Seth Myers. I call it so. The games that I do, they're on the Fighting Hounder Sports Network, which is Baldwin's affiliate sports network. Yeah, this was uh, technically a neutral broadcast. Yeah, until it wasn't. I bet until this. Sheely throws off the front of the rim. Rebound. Jericho. Loose ball. On the floor. That's it. It's over. Baldwin fans have waited 39 years to hear it. The Baldwin Fighting Islanders are going to the Whitfield Championship game at the Pins of that Center. Do you believe in miracles? Baldwin is going to the Whitfield Championship game Saturday night. The party lives on. We keep on nesting Baldwin into the championship at the peak. Wow. Book those tickets now. Book those tickets, Baldwin. <laughs> a date with destiny on Saturday night. The Fighting Highlanders have done it. For the first time since 1985, they're going back to the Whitfield Championship game. The entire Who's the section other guy? It sounds like Roethlisberger's guy. Tyler Zeman. flood at Bethel Park, a court that Baldwin continues to win on, does it again. The Fighting Highlanders are going to the Whitfield Championship game. Wow, that was impressive. I like the way you let it breathe for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so we, we actually got to hear the crowd a little bit. That was nice. You got to let it breathe. This That's guy has a future. for me. You got a future. I mean, uh, that, that actually wasn't bad. I'm proud of you, Sam. I, I was a little I, bit of a voice crack, but <laughs> who's the guy who it. works with Ben on that podcast? Spence. <laughs> I thought that was Spence weighing who? in there. Not Spence, no. Oh, Spence, yeah. On Ben's podcast. Oh, yeah, that guy. Tremendous. All right. Well, almost as exciting and maybe more exciting, at least for more people, was the end of the Penguin game. Did you stay up to watch this? Yes, I did. So did I. In fact, much they, to my detriment. When they were down, uh, when they were down two to nothing, I live bet them to win the game outright at plus five hundred. Yes. Wow. Twenty to win a hundred. So what gave good. you that feeling? Because I thought it would wind up being about eight one at uh, that point. Just they're right now in this stretch. They do this every year. Right about the time everyone called, counts them out and says they're going to be down and they're not going to. They they all of a sudden find the fun youth for like three weeks and play really well. And right now they're playing really well. So I was like, they're going to come back and win this game. That's a hell of a bet. Let's listen to the winning goal and then talk about it. Is this from uh, Sportsnet? Yes, it is. 
Look at Eller flying right back in. He'll shoot. That's blocked. Garland overskates. Carlson keeps it alive. Puck on a string. It's Riley Smith to the net. Across Eller. Oh, what a save. Rebound. Score. Victory in Vancouver. And these Penguins got that passion. They got that heart. And down two of their best players. They have beaten the best team in the NHL in OT. That was great, man. That was an enjoyable that was a Tuesday fun. night in the middle of whatever month this is. It was a fun. It was a fun hockey game for sure. What month? This is February. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and I think it speaks to this, Paul. It may not be a big story. You, you might be right. They they might not build on this. They might not really make a playoff run. But I think if I ran the Penguins, the idea here is to keep people entertained through the long winter months. And I think that's the main reason that they kept this core together. Not that Gino, you know, I thought Gino played better last night, but you you get the point. Like, we need to keep this team together. We need to have Sidney Crosby, obviously, forever if we can, because at the very, we may not win a cup. We may not even make the playoffs, but we have to keep people entertained. And they're in it enough to keep us entertained. And then a game like that, that was great stuff. Yeah, but the problem with a game like that is it, was at 10 o'clock or whatever it was at night. So I know. many people didn't watch it. No, I mean, I get it. Listen, I understand the entertainment value. I understand all of it. All of the argument you just made, I completely get. But at the end of the day, like I've asked this of many Penguin fans, right? So you're telling me that, for instance, you would rather this – than say a team like the you know the '90s Devils that played that boring trap style hockey but won a cup. No, I'd rather win the cup. Exactly for for sure. But the problem with this year's team anyway is that they were unbelievably boring for a long stretch of yeah. time. Like they're a pretty, I think they're top five goals against. Yeah. Uh, do you have to go? I think Sullivan's done that once. Other than that, you have to go back to Kevin Constantine. I feel like. In these past several games here, they've opened up the spigots just a little bit. And then yeah. this game offered a little glimmer of hope. Believe me, I'm still on, on your side here. Well, I mean, I, 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 think... I, I, I think they need to I think they need to think about the future, even next season, and I think they need to deal people. But I'm willing to be open minded, just like I'm sure, well, not sure, but I think Kyle Dubas is. And that game, that game without without Rust and Gensel. And to see Carlson, Riley Smith, and Eller combine for a goal like that, I thought it offered a little glimmer of hope. Let's see if they build on it. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the thing about it is I, I, I think they probably are still going to make the playoffs. I just do. I feel like Philadelphia's goalie situation is going to be too much for them to overcome. I feel like they're going to fall back. I think uh, I agree with you that Tampa probably is going to find a little footing and, and probably make it to the finish line. But I think there's going to be opportunities. My thing with that is, if you want to tell me that they should take one more run here with this, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not de- not dealing Gensel, not you know what I mean. I'm okay with all of this. But if they go and they don't make the playoffs, or if they go in the first round and they lose in five games or something, and it's not interesting, I mean, doesn't this have to be the off season where they really have a serious long talk yes. about now? It's yes. time. I think it might even be the time right now. 
I think it might be. But well, I, I don't but, have it. But, but, I'm, but I'm staying yeah. open because Paul. Yeah. They have what a lot of other teams don't, which is two dynamic defensemen, and those are guys who can impact a game a lot more because they play almost half the game, and they have a goalie. And I know we've been talking about trading Jari, and I'm still open to that. By the way, he was great last night. So if you especially have, if, down the stretch, yes, yes. Yeah. if you have goaltending, and Delkovich has been good too, you have some dynamic players on your back end, and then you still have Sid, and then a guy like Raquel has come to life suddenly. That's why you're paying him thirty million dollars, and then Pustinen and O'Connor have injected life into that second line. I think they've injected life into Gino. So I don't want to go hog wild here, but but I but I I I just wonder if that game and this stretch is is foreshadowing a really good stretch run. I, at least at least I, I had no wonderment about that. Like I was convinced that, 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 that they were dead, but now at least I'm wondering. That was their best and biggest win of the season. Would that you was agree? a good. That was a really good win for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I best and biggest. I'd have to go back and look at some of the some of the games they've had but in terms of where they're at right now and who they played against getting off to the right start absolutely I think that's that's a tremendous um win for them and you know and they can build on it now and and the thing about it is we've talked about it out of this road trip you probably you know four points is probably going to be enough you already got two so and now, you got two and maybe the toughest place right. well other than Edmonton Maybe the toughest place. <laughs> so though. now you've got, you know, basically you've got your in a situation of where uh, you're almost playing with ha- house money in some ways, you know. Um, but you just got to keep winning and see where it, it takes you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but again, I, like I said, I don't actually have a problem if they want to keep keep it all together and try and go for it this year, whatever they're going to do. I have no problem with that. But I do think. More importantly than anything else, I do think that um, if they don't get out of the first round or they don't make the playoffs, this has to be the offseason where they really sit down and decide, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. They're, they're starting to creep up a little bit. Uh, now they're, now there's just two teams in front of them, between them and the Lightning, or you could look at it between them and the Flyers in the division, which might be the way to go. They have two games in hand on the Caps. They're only a point back. Three games in hand on the Devils. They're only two back. So they don't even have to win all their games in hand here to, to bypass those teams. And again, Why do they have so many games in hand? I, I don't know, but they're about to make them up because they're going to play a ton of games in a short period of time. That's a good I, I, question. I don't understand how in hockey you can be four or five games behind other teams. They've played the fewest games in the East. Let me see if, if they're tied for the fewest in all of hockey. Right. Them and Edmonton have played the fewest games in the whole NHL. But let me ask you this, too. I was just writing about this this morning. I, I, I'm trying to cut the balance between not getting giddy do they, over this do they thing. Have, do they have – do they have uh, – every team has like a bye week or a, a week off type thing? Or I thought it was all the same week. Do they build that into your schedule still? Remember they used to build it into a schedule where every team had like one long week. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Uh, they certainly haven't had that other than the little all-star break. Right. And, I, and obviously they're not from here on out. So that's a good question, too. Perhaps, I'm just wondering. Perhaps like, City Limits could answer it. I think it's – I just th- – I don't think it's – I think it's ridiculous that some teams have 61 games and the Penguins have 56. 
Yeah, and it doesn't bode all that well when you're an older team and you're about to play a million games in a very short amount of time. But let me ask you this. Did we expect too much from Carlson? There was no way he was going to score 100 points again. There was no way. That, that's like an NBA guy on a terrible team averaging 30 points a game. It's like one of my great fantasy draft picks, Paul. We started um, fantasy basketball in Buffalo a long time ago. We'd sit around and drink Jenny Creams and rent a hotel room <laughs> with a long table and smoke cigars, and it was just scoring. So you'd have five guys scoring. Tony Campbell for the expansion Timberwolves was one of my greatest picks because I reasoned that team stinks. So he's going to score a ton. Carlson was brilliant last year. Don't get me wrong. But part of him getting 100 points was playing on a terrible team in a lot of meaningless blowout games, right? He was never going to do that here. Well, guess what now? He's got something like 18 points in the last 21 games. And and, and that's like a legit stat because only three of those games has he gone scoreless. So he has actually has a point at least in 18 of 21 games. And I sense that he's starting to feel a little bit more freedom. And maybe maybe it was always going to take time for him and Riley Smith to get used to things here. Yeah. That, that seems reasonable. Or, or maybe, they'll, maybe, maybe Smith will be gone in about a week, and it won't work with Carlson. But, again, I'm just wondering. Well, I think the biggest thing with Carlson, what was the biggest thing he was brought here for? To fix the power play. Exactly. Yeah. And that and might as have long been a as that as long as that is you know, and they've gotten better at it, although they, they seem to also be good at for letting, both teams. Yeah, for both teams on the power play now. But my point is, if you look at it, as long as that is not what it should be, he's gonna take the brunt of that because let's face it, they signed him to make the power play better. Yeah. They did. And I I think they may have Aired in that because when you actually look at his numbers, he has not been a dynamic power play point producer. Look at his look at his goals, power play goals over the years. These are seasons which played seventy or eighty games. One, <laughs> four, three, two, one, three, zero in fifty games two years ago in San Jose. Five last year and two this year. Now I get it; he's more of a setup guy. But even his assist numbers, listen to these, Paul. 15, 18, 12, 5 in 52 wow. games. 10 in 50 games. 22 in 82 yeah. games. Like last year, he did it all at even strength. So, again, maybe we were looking at this all wrong. Like this guy's going to be Bobby Orr and lift us out of our seats every night. Well, he did last night at the end. And the fact of the matter is he's starting to produce. And that was that was some elite stuff in overtime, wasn't it? Uh, yes. And I think they needed that, you know, they, they, they need that from him, especially now when you've got two of your, your, you know, your main guys out, your main scores are, are out right now. You, you need other guys to provide that. And I think that is really what it comes down to in my mind. Um, it's just important to note that he's got, it's, you know, continue to do what he's done. What is it? The last 21 games you said, or last, 18 last, points. last 18. Yeah. He needs to continue to do that. Um, but I do think that it's a little concerning, Joe, that three of the last five games they've given up a shorthanded goal. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand I don't understand how that happens. Well, it happened last night. I don't want to blame anybody who doesn't deserve to be blamed and trying to think who made the mistakes. Was it Latang on Letang, the first one? It was Latang, yeah. 
Or no, I mean, th- there was one shorthanded goal, but there was another one late in the game. That was Gino. Well, sort of the usual suspects where they had a great chance. <laughs> shorthanded late in the game. But Raquel is a huge key. What did you think of this? And by the way, fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Very important that we get you on board early with the fan text line. This thing is again on life support, text in the city. Just text us in a hot take of some sort, funny, poignant, powerful, angry, something good with your name on it. City Limits will be compiling these throughout the show, and then we do text in the city later. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Drew O'Connor got drilled at the end of the game with what I thought was a blatant hit from behind. Pedersen did too. Pedersen got broken a half behind the Penguins' net. Two blatant hits from behind. Did you think that was a cheap hit on O'Connor? I forget who it was. The guy lost his stick and then drilled him in the corner. Now, he wasn't going to come back anyway, but he was stunned by that Ugh. when he went back to the bench. I thought that was a crap hit. Well, here's the thing Here's the thing that's tough about hockey, especially when you start scrambling, you know, the last eight, ten minutes or whatever, uh, where really the game's on the line. I think there's a number of hits that are questionable. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of guys are they're gearing it up a little bit more, and I think referees are – they're 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 basically willing to allow a little bit more than they would earlier in the game, which I don't like. You know, I don't I don't I don't know that they necessarily swallow their whistles, Joe, but I think they understand that the game is now a little bit more intense. Yeah, guys are going a little harder. You know, and they make these judgment calls that they probably I think earlier in the game that that might have been like two minutes for you know something whatever. Yeah, but I don't know that. I think those 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 hits that 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 come later in the games. People complain about him, but by the same token, we kind of like the scramble and the intensity oh, I, at the end I, of the game. I games. like the you physical I mean? play. Yeah. Here's my larger point there, is that the Penguins' teams still take liberties with their stars all the time. Gensel got brutalized the night he was injured. Russ took what I thought was a subtly dirty hit the other day. He was the victim of that. You had guys getting blasted from behind last night. It, it, these are just off the top of my head. We all know the story. They're the second least penalized team in the league. I see this kid is Rempe for the Rangers, who's killing people now, six foot eight. I honestly, I, I, I've sort of come the other way on this, that I think you need somebody like that roaming around. Yeah. I had Jay Caulfield on. You remember when uh, uh, Riley, Morgan Riley, got suspended after the guy did a slap shot into the open net? Oh, against yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And Caulfield, my first thought was, I wish the Penguins would, would go after a guy like that. And Caulfield said the same thing. How many years are they going to win the but team you know Lady it, Bing here? Yeah, but the funny thing about it is the head coach doesn't want a guy like that. I know. He's made it very I know. clear. They had a guy like that. I know. Maybe, maybe one of the best two or three in the league like that at what he does. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If you think about it, they had him and they didn't want him. It gets. It has to be if you're a fan out there. So tiresome they, they just, to see teams just abusing right. still the Penguins, and 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 they show toughness, but their toughness is always shown in the form of watch how much abuse we can take. You know, how about dishing out some? <laughs> well, again, who who is going to do that? Well, that's the that's the thing. 
That's the biggest thing. You you want to have a guy on your team. I I firmly believe that I like the fact, Joe, that they've cleaned up um, fighting. Yeah. I've liked the fact that, you know, although the other day, did you see, I think it was the the, the Flyers and the Rangers, their two tough guys got at That it. was the kid, it? yeah. Did you see that one? It uh, was great. Okay. Every so often, I'm okay with that. But, you know, when, when, when the league got to the point where that, that happened every period of every game, it got stupid. Right. My point is, I'm okay with having a guy – whose main role is to go out and knock people around. So am I. But it doesn't even have to be that guy. Right. It, it could be somebody like a Hornquist who tortures opposing goalies or lays a big hit on somebody. Or right. a Kunitz. Who does, like, you always had to have your head kind of on a swivel. Anyway. No, but, and, and, that, and that's – but that, I'm saying, that those guys, I, I don't like the fact that there's, you know, this push to try and get rid of them all. Because yeah. I think they do serve a purpose. And you know what, Joe? You, I would say the same thing in basketball. They if, serve if, a purpose. People it, ask the stars if they love having those guys You, have, you know what I mean? You, you, you got a guy like Charles Oakley, right? Who, listen, okay, you're going to get a little out of line. What we're going to do is we're going to run our star off a screen. And it's going to be Oakley setting the screen. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and then we're going to see if you want to get mouthy and act like a jerk. Exactly. And it's the same theory. 412-928-9370. The larger story here is a rousing win by the Penguins. Was it fool's gold or did it offer you a glimmer of hope? Considering now, since Dubas said, I'm going to let them tell me what to do at the deadline by how they play. They've gone 3-0-1. Seven of a possible eight points. 928-9370. Again, the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. General's coming up next with the card or cards of the week. And on the other end of the scale, there was pit basketball last night. Let's talk about that, too. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Pens with a win in Vancouver last night. Now a three-game winning streak, 4-3 the final. Pens were down 2-0 in the first period, but Ricard Raquel scored two goals of his own in the second. Lars Eller scored in the third to tie it up and help send it to overtime, where Eric Carlson scored his eighth of the year to win it for the Penguins. Pirates won in spring training action yesterday against the Atlanta Braves, 13-4. Key Brian Hayes hit a grand slam. Brian Reynolds also homered in the Buccos' victory. Pirates are back in action today against the Detroit Tigers at 1 o'clock. Quinn Priester pitches for the Bucks Tomorrow, Paul Skeens goes to the mountain for the first time. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. City Limits is blowing my eardrums apart here. Going to get to the general in just a moment. Have a couple of calls. Man, I don't want to spend too much time on the pit game. That was painful to watch. Your thoughts, Paul Zeiss? Um, I would say this. You know who Pitt reminds me of? I mean, oh. you know who Clemson reminds me of? Oh. Vintage, those, some of those vintage Pitt teams with Jamie Dixon mm. where they were older, they guarded, they physical as hell. Yeah, that's what that's and what stood out. And their and their physicality really suggests one thing. If they get to the NCAA tournament, how the games are called is going to be huge as to how far they can go. Because that sometimes hurt Pitt. They'd get to the NCAA tournament and they weren't it wasn't like the Big East officials where they were letting a lot of that stuff go. And the next thing it I was I, I forget what the game I was at where they had two guys in foul trouble in like five minutes or six minutes. Two of their big guys. Um so Clemson, I mean, here's the thing. I I, I take no uh, no what's what's Noah covers the team. Um Blake Henson. Take him out of the equation. Pitt is actually a college team again. What do you mean? They're young. I mean, oh. they're, they're college kids. I, I mean, know, but you, but but there's no such thing as building a program anymore. Who's who's coming back and who's I, not? I, I have no it. idea. I get it. It's, but like, my it's point, like a one-year thing. What every I'm saying year. is, Clemson is a, is an older team. They are, a, and unfortunately, yeah. that is a huge part of yes what happens in March anymore. I know. The teams that, I mean, last year was at San Diego State that had like 35-year-olds out there playing. You know what I'm saying? And, and, oh, well, what an unbelievable. Pitt was had it, one in Carl Krauser. Didn't they go to the Final Four? Didn't they go to the Final Four? Was it San Diego State that went to the Final Four? Yes. Right. And Carl- it was like, oh, unbelievable. It's not unbelievable, man. You got a, you got a team that looks like a bunch of guys that you, you would see playing like a, an, Air, an Air Force base. You know, 28-year-old guys that, that, that were all great players back in the, you know. And I, I get it. But I'm just saying it's 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 different now. And so when Pitt plays a team, you know, like that right now, that's why last year's Pitt team, everyone's talking about what an incredible job Jeff Capel did, and he did a good job. But it helps when you got five 25-year-olds out there. That's the only thing I'm telling you. And no, so, I know. And Carl, so, Carl Krauser was 47 when he exactly, left here. That's what I mean. It's it's so so you know and 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 I have this discussion with people all the time. One of the things that drives me crazy about people in uh, basketball here in this town is most people don't really know it, don't really understand it, don't really know it, don't know the game, don't know how to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know and this. So, I, I know this much. When Hinson isn't firing on all cylinders from the look at every big game they've had, he had great games from the outside and last night they just hounded him right oh for four from three right but but when it comes to henson i tell people oh i think i was talking to a couple guys the other day like like last week it's he might be a first round pick on what planet do you live i mean he's 24 25 years old which is actually going against him in the eyes of nba play uh, uh, scouts what position is he guarding in the NBA, right? And a lot of guys can shoot. 
So he'll get signed by somebody, and he'll be somebody, you know, he'll get into someone's summer camp. But that's what college basketball has become. The best prospects are still the freshmen. But guess what? If you've got the number one prospect in the country, and he's 18, and I've got four guys that are 25, I don't care how good your guy is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's part of the reason we said yesterday that people easily recognize the best women players these days, but not the best men. Right. Because the men are in the NBA at 19. And and, and the best, like, juniors and seniors, the guys that have stayed around four or five years, almost every single one of them, maybe they'll play in Europe, but almost every single one of them will be real estate agents next week or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, because they're not going to be in the NBA. And so my point is, when you look at Clemson, that's an older team. They're big. They're physical. They're strong. They're men playing, literally men among boys. Well, let me ask you this. They asked this on the afternoon show last night. Or yesterday afternoon, which would be more fitting. Uh, is Pitt's season a failure if they don't make the NCAA tournament? You're, you're pausing like Malsey did. Andrew said no. I I offer an immediate yes. I would say yes. I would say yes. And here's why. Because this season was supposed to validate last season. Right. And 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 at the end of the day, the other part that I, I think is incredible, the ACC is so bad. I mean, so bad. If you can't get to the NCAA tournament this year from the ACC, you know, what does that what does that tell me? I mean, right now, what's Pitt's record? Eight and nine and eight or something in the in the ACC, I think they are. Yeah. Right? Eighteen and ten overall. So they're nine and eight. Which means they have three more games. Okay, so they could get to twelve and eight. Honestly, in this ACC, twelve and eight isn't really not all that impressive to me. So I agree with every syllable you just I, uttered. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, and then if you look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. If you really want to look at a game that is going to really come back to haunt Pitt. Missouri. The Missouri game. Missouri is 0-14 in the SEC. And um, they're 0-14, and they're way out of it, and yet they beat Pitt. In fact, didn't they win at – didn't they win here? Yeah, they did. It was here. Yeah, it was. So, you, your pit, you have that loss dragging you down. Um, yeah, no, I would say it's, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a fully total failure, but I would say it's, it's definitely not a success. I thought this, te- I, I don't think this team's record is indicative of its talent level. I don't. I thought they would be better. Yeah. And you're right, the ACC is just not good. How many truly impressive wins do they have? I hate to undercut that win at Duke a little bit, but when Duke's missing two probably NBA guys uh, out of their starting lineup, it's still a good win, I know. Right. But then it doesn't help when you lose 91-58 to at Wake Forest. It's just, yes, it's a failure. I expected them to make the tournament. I thought that they were more talented than last year's team. the The Virginia win looks a little bit less impressive as well. Based on what Virginia's well, done yeah, exactly. ever since that game, but I mean, you got to give them—they won that game. Yeah, but I mean, getting getting swept by Clemson, 
getting swept by Syracuse. People forget that. Pitt got swept by Syracuse. Yes, they did. And what, by eight points and 13 points, I believe? And, and both of those games were ridiculous. Um, You know, so coming up here, they've got... Eight and 11 points. Yeah, they've yeah. got at Boston College. you got to win that game. Gotta, yeah, I mean, the only thing they can do now, don't you think they have to win the ACC tournament? Do you think getting think to the so. final would, would, would get them in if they go 3-0 and down the stretch to finish 12-8? I think it'd be tough, and it'd be tough, and I'll tell you why. You're not getting much of a jump out of anything left on your schedule. Yeah. That's the problem you have. You're, you're, you're just not really getting much out of beating Florida State and NC State at home, right? You're just not. And so – it's, it's one of those things where last night was so important because it gave you the opportunity. It gave you the opportunity to possibly go and get a big, big win to add to your resume. But you look at – so you're, what you have left, Boston College is 88, NC State 77, Florida State is 93. I don't know that that's giving you that big of a jump, especially since two of those are at home. Well, we have a couple calls on the line, City Limits, do we not, regarding the Penguins, and then we'll get to the general. Let's send it over to Drew in the car. Hi, Drew. Drew? How you doing? Good. What's up? I wanted to bitch about the Penguins. Now I want to bitch about Pitt. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, you know, last night's game was indicative of their of their season, right? Wasn't it? I mean, it was a big game. They had to win. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that team, I mean, they have young stars. And so when I watch Pitt, I get frustrated because I know Bob Carrington is real good, right? I know he's an NBA guy. I know he's not playing at Pitt next year one way or the other, whether he goes to the league or – transfers to Kansas or wherever the hell, right? I mean, he, you know, he's not going to stay there. And that's just the whole, the, like the NCAA in general, that's what it is. That's what it's become. That's what it's going to be. I don't know how they got him there. I don't know who paid him enough money to go there. Um, but the guy's pretty much unguardable. You know, what is he, 6'5", 6'4"? And he can shoot the three. He can get to the hoop. Um, so, you know, I mean, where is this all going, guys? Like, where is it going? I mean, that, that is a big thing. And that's a big consideration. That's a big consideration to me is the two, the two freshman guards. <laughs> if they don't come back, you're starting all over. And, and unfortunately, the reality in basketball, in college hoops, in college football for the same, is you have to recruit your own team every single year. And guess what? Being a nice guy and a good coach and a good role model and having nice facilities and whatever else is meaningless. <laughs> because at the end of the day, if your coalition doesn't come up with enough money, they're going somewhere else. And a guy like Carrington, you mean to tell me if he put his name in the transfer portal, Kentucky, Tennessee, any handful of about 10 other schools, wouldn't be more than willing to hand him a big, big bag of cash, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, in, I wouldn't look at this season necessarily as a failure if I thought, okay, 
it's it's the beginning of a build here. These guys are going to be here and grow together, and it really wasn't that bad. No, every, every season is an entity, you know, unto itself. It's it's like building a fantasy team every year. Last year's team won a tournament game, maybe two, depending on how you look at it. This year's team, if they don't even get there, I'm sorry, I I, I have to look, and I think it was in some ways a more talented team, but to your point, not as experienced. They had some older guys last year that helped make them a better team than what this team has been. But we got to go uh, now to the general. General Patton. Jeff Patton from the Baseball Card Castle in Cranberry. It's your chance to win Starkey's Card of the Week or Cards of the Week. And your chance to do it comes from going on our website, 937thefan.com. Go to our contesting page right around noon between Wednesday and Friday. Let's take a guess at what General's Card of the Week is going to be. Limits, you want to take a guess? I'm going to go with Eric Carlson for the overtime winner. I'm going to go with Gretzky. I'm going to go Crosby. I like the Gretzky call. Crosby could always be it, right? He always could be. It's a great pick. General, who wins here? Gentlemen, good morning. All of you win. I'm keeping the Gretzky case closed, though, so we're not going to give any of those away today. Sid could be every single week. I'm going off the grid. I'm going with the Shohei Otani rookie this week. Otani homers in his first game yesterday. 10,000 people show up to watch him take batting practice. Mm. We're changing gears, going with baseball. I got a Shohei Otani rookie card. What's he doing in the card? He's at the plate, which is interesting because Otani's only got his supplies for He actually has two different rookie cards, one on the mound, one at the plate. Since he's only hitting this year, I'm going with the version where he's at the plate. This is a 2018 Topps rookie card. Um, obviously in his Angels uniform at the time, going to create quite a buzz coming to the National League this year. So we're going with Shohei this week. General, you're a hell of a man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. There you go. What does that mean? Someone calls in or how do they, what do they do? Well, they go to our website, 937thefan.com. Go to our contesting page right around noon between uh, Wednesday and Friday, and they have a chance to win that card, that's their chance, and that sounds like it's, it's a card that might be worth something. 50-minute mark on the fan, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Coming up next, let's take a little trip around the NFL because there's a lot of news over the past 24 hours. Let's see what uh, how we interpret this news, especially as it might relate to the Steelers. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High 63 today with rain throughout the day, and it's going to take a drastic turn for the worst, unfortunately. Meantime, the agent you choose to sell your home can make a huge difference. You can ask Peggy about that. She just successfully sold her house in Castle Shannon with Gina Giampetro, but things didn't go well before that. Peggy had worked with two agents before Gina. Her home was on the market for two and a half years, no buyers. Left her with two mortgages, which nobody wants. Gina's marketing strategy made a huge difference. The GM Petro team always has buyers at the ready. It only took two days on the market for Gina to do what other agents couldn't do in those two and a half years. Now, Peggy is telling everybody looking to buy or sell a home to give Gina GM Petro a call. I would echo that, Peggy, because here's the thing you can't lose. Gina will sit down with you. You agree on a price and a deadline. Deadline passes. Home isn't sold. Gina will have it bought and turned into a rental. Call the only agent I would trust if I needed to sell my home in Pittsburgh. 
Gina Giampietro of Remax Select Realty. Call Gina, 724-602-9752. Google Giampietro of Remax Select Realty and look up GinaWillSellYourHome.com. That's GinaWillSellYourHome.com. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Clemson beat Pitt last night, 69-62. to Bob Carrington had 18 points in the loss for Pitt. Panthers only shot 33% from the field. Pitt is now 7th place in the ACC, 9-8 and eight overall in the conference behind Syracuse, Wake Forest, Clemson, Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis to Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.